Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. Hi, this is Karen Brown. Thanks for checking out the Mississippi Edition podcast. If you like what you hear, click subscribe, hit like, or leave us a comment if your app has that feature. Then find other MPB podcasts by searching MPB Think Radio on your favorite podcasting platform. Thanks. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Wednesday, October 16th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, seniors have some important decisions to make starting this week about their health care. We'll talk about Medicare open enrollment. Then, hear why the Democratic candidate for governor wants his opponent to remove a new TV ad. And after a Southern Remedy Health Minute, learn more about a series of events honoring Emmett Till, including the unveiling of a newly restored historical marker. That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Open enrollment is underway for Medicare nationwide, including Mississippi for those turning 65. There are various parts to the government-run insurance program for people of retirement age. Coverage can include doctor's visits, tests like x-rays or blood work, hospital stays, and prescription drugs. Richard Courtney of Courtney Elder Law Associates talks about the options with MPB's Desiree Frazier. Let me start with the basics a little bit. Medicare is a medical insurance program for people who have disability or who turn 65. So it pays for hospital, that's Part A of Medicare, and Part B pays for other things like outpatient uh, doctor visits and diagnostic tests like x-rays and so forth. So there are the two parts of Medicare, Part A and Part B. There are also Medicare Advantage plans, what are called Medicare Part C sometimes, but they're where Medicare services are paid through a private insurance company rather than through the government's Medicare program. And so the private insurance company may manage the payments for your medical costs if you're on a Medicare Advantage plan. Then there's Part D Medicare, which is prescription drug coverage. And so those are the four parts of Medicare. So there are different enrollment periods and terms for the different ones. I just turned 65 last November, so I became eligible for Medicare. And I signed up for it two months before my 65th birthday. And I had uh, Medicare starting when I turned 65. 
Do you have to sign up for Medicare? You do have to sign up for Medicare Part B if you have paid into the Medicare system over time and through your work wages. Uh, When you turn 65, Part A is pretty much automatic. Uh, Part B is something you pay a premium for each month. And you can refuse it, particularly if you are on a work-related or an employer health plan that gives you good coverage. You don't have to take Part B when you turn 65. So you can refuse that and not pay that extra premium until you quit working and lose the work-related plan, then take Part B. You do have to apply for Part B. So that's the initial enrollment period starts three months before your 65th birthday month, the month you turn 65, and three months after that. So that's the initial enrollment period for Medicare. There is um, also an annual enrollment period, and that's what we're talking about is just beginning today, October 15th each year. There is an annual coordinated election period, they call it. And during this period from October 15 through December 7, a person may uh, choose between original Medicare through the government-run program or a Medicare Advantage plan. Now, if you are on Medicare, like I am, and I don't make an election between October 15 and December 7, I will continue to stay on Medicare. If I'm on a Medicare Advantage plan where I'm getting my medical services paid for through a private insurance plan, and I don't make an election otherwise between now and December 7, I will stay on my Medicare Advantage plan. So if I do nothing, it doesn't change what I've got. But during this annual enrollment period, I can elect to go from original Medicare to a Medicare Advantage plan. I can sign up and enroll in a Medicare Advantage plan. And you see a lot of television advertisements at this time and a lot of mail coming through from companies wanting to sign people up for Medicare Advantage plans. What's the benefit of switching from Medicare to an Advantage plan, or is it? Is it just personal choice? In some respects, it's personal choice. Uh, One thing about Medicare Advantage plans is many of them have provider networks, a network of doctors and therapists and medical providers that will participate in their program, that their insurance plan will pay. So someone may have a doctor they can go to that takes Medicare, and that same doctor may not be on the network of a Medicare Advantage plan that they sign up for. So in order to make sure all of your doctors are going to still be available to you and get paid, you need if you're going to a Medicare Advantage plan, you need to make sure that all of your doctors are going to be participating and get paid through that plan. If they're not, you may want to stay on original Medicare. Okay. Um, what is Medigap? Medigap is the Medicare Supplement Insurance Program. Medicare pays 80, 85% of medical costs. There are deductibles. There are co-payments. The extra 15% at the doctor's office that Medicare doesn't pay, well, I'd have to pay it out of my pocket. But I can purchase a Medigap or Medicare supplement insurance policy 
that will cover the things that Medicare doesn't pay. It will pay the deductible each year for that I have. It will pay the co-payments at the doctor or the hospital that would be out of my pocket otherwise. So I can pay a premium each month for a Medicare supplement, and, I, and most of my clients have those, and I do as well, uh, and that would pay the out-of-pocket costs that aren't covered by Medicare. That's what Medigap does. It fills that gap between what Medicare pays and what the providers of medical services charge. What can people expect to pay for Medicare? Medicare has uh, deductibles uh, that they charge for each year. Uh, There is, for hospitalization, I think about $1,300 for a hospitalization each year uh, that would be paid by the patient before Medicare starts paying. Uh, Yeah, that deductible in the hospital is $1,364 for up to 60 days of in-hospital care. And that would be out of my pocket before the Medicare Part A begins to pay the hospital, and they will pay the rest of the hospital costs. And what is the premium for Medicare? Medicare Part A for hospital doesn't have a premium. That's premium-free. But Part B for doctor visits and outpatient things uh, has a premium. This basic premium is $135.50 a month, $135.50 per month. But it goes up based on income. Attorney Richard Courtney, we appreciate you speaking with us about this issue. Thank you. You're welcome. In other news, Mississippi's Democratic candidate for governor is asking his Republican opponent to stop airing an ad about increasing teacher pay. Democratic Attorney General Jim Hood is calling Republican Lieutenant Governor Tate Reeves' ad a fraud because the video was shot at New Summit, a private school in Jackson. You know, it's just a kind of phony stuff, a phony kind of commercial uh, in an election year where you come up with all these plans and he's had an opportunity and done nothing. And then he goes to a private school and does it. I'm not knocking private schools, but he should have been at a public school to do this kind of thing. Hood says Reeves provided a million dollars in funding for the school through legislative earmarks over four years. Hood considers $5,000 in combined donations from the school's leaders to be in return for the funding. Hood's campaign also received a donation of about $2,000 from the school's leadership. Reeves' campaign did not respond to a request for comment. MPB News is taking an in-depth look at public education in light of this year's election. A three-part at-issue series will examine the state of education in Mississippi and hear from candidates for governor and lieutenant governor. It all starts this Friday night on MPB TV. Coming up, learn more about a series of events honoring Emmett Till, including the unveiling of a newly restored historical marker. That's after a Southern Remedy Health Minute. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, Professor of Pediatrics and Internal Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center, and this is a Southern Remedy Health Minute. know, are there any bad side effects of putting a lot of artificial sweeteners in the body? Yeah, artificial sweeteners have been looked at in a number of trials, and some of them in very, very high amounts uh, in animal studies have caused some either benign tumors or cancers in mainly mice, but we're talking about a thousand times a day more than what you would normally put in there, and 
Yeah, you know, people have a misconception about cancers. There are some substances that cause cancer. Uh, there's a high degree of cancer-causing ability in, uh, in, in things you come into contact with or ingest with small amounts. Sweeteners, it's probably not that big a deal. What I tell my patients is, look, why are you using artificial sweeteners right now? And most of them say, you know, I'm trying to cut down on my sugar intake and my calorie intake, and, uh, you know, these are the things that, I, that that's what's working for me. And I say, fine, okay, if that's what you're doing and those are the reasons, that's probably a lower risk than if you were drinking those super sweet sugar drinks. But if you can, it might be beneficial for you to switch over to just water or 100% fruit juice or something like that that's probably going to be at least a little bit better than the super sweetened uh, corn syrupy drinks uh, that we have out there. So there's just not a whole lot of cut and dry evidence that in normal amounts that those sweeteners are going to cause cancer. If it was a lot of evidence, you wouldn't see them on the market because they would be yanked off. For more health tips and medical information, listen to Southern Remedy each weekday morning at 11 on MPB Think Radio. The Health Minute is underwritten by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Mississippi. Information on how to make good health a family affair is available at bcbsms.com. Live healthy, live blue. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. A newly restored historical marker honoring Emmett Till is being unveiled. It's part of a series of events to honor the African-American teen whose gruesome murder in Mississippi helped spark the civil rights movement. Patrick Weems is director of the Emmett Till Interpretive Center. He says there has been repeated vandalism of markers and signs since 2007. He talks with us about the importance of Till's legacy. So the original sign... Uh, was part of a truth-telling process. Our, our community for 50 years was silent about Emmett Till, uh, but decided to break that silence with an apology. And a part of that apology uh, began that said, racial reconciliation begins by telling the truth. So these historical markers were put out throughout Tallahatchie County and throughout the Delta uh, to tell the story of Emmett Till as part of a larger truth-telling process. They were raised with private funds from local community members um, and put up at each um, historical site that told the full story of Emmett Hill. What year was that? That was in 2007. So from that point on, we've had just a series of, of vandalisms. Um, so the Memorial Emmett Hill Memorial Highway sign had KKK sprayed on it. Uh, the marker and money uh, had acid thrown on it. One of our signs at the river site that we just replaced was stolen and and. and the local official said that it most likely was thrown into the Tallahatchie River, um, very ominous because that's the same place Till came out of the river. Uh, but the just continued uh, vandalism, mainly through shot-up signs. Uh, but these are really hard to get to spots. You really have to know where you're going. Um, so it seems very intentional, um, especially as you look at the the history of it. Are there still 10 signs on display, or is it down to one? Um, yeah, so we've got um, multiple signs still up. Um, we've got about 10 signs, historical markers. Uh, but the new addition that we've got and that we want people to check out is the Emmett Till Memory Project, which is a website and app devoted to telling the story of Emmett Till in the Mississippi Delta and soon um, in Chicago. Um, so if people want to find these hard-to-find sites, it doesn't matter if there's a marker up there or not. They'll be able to find it through GPS location on their iPhone. 
or in their smartphone. This is a three-day event, this rededication. Tell us what's going to happen over the three-day period. Yeah, so we've partnered with the University of Mississippi. Um, the, the, the most recent sign um, had some controversy uh, this summer when, we, when a picture of, appeared of Ole Miss students uh, with guns in front of our historical marker. Um, this obviously intimidated our community and, and sent a signal um, uh, that this bygone era we thought was over is, is not. I want to stop um, you there because uh, that was that was widespread, the reporting of that with the picture of the three young men in front of the sign with their guns. Do you know what has happened since then to those three young men? Uh, to our knowledge, um, very little has been done. Um, the, their fraternity acted really quickly uh, when they found out about the, the incident and uh, had them removed from the, their fraternity uh, KA order at Ole Miss. Um, but as, since that time, we've heard nothing. Um, and we assumed that the Department of Justice would take it up as a hate crime. Um, and yet we've heard nothing from them. All right, I just wanted to get an update there. Continue yep. with, the, with the what's going on the three days. Since that, that uh, the emergence of those, those photos of Ole Miss students, um, there's, there's begun a student group at Ole Miss that has wanted to see how they could respond um, to this incident. So we're, we're partnering with a local student group at Ole Miss um, on Thursday to show a film, a documentary film on Emmett Till. On Friday, we'll have a panel um, that will include members of the Till family, um, a Till scholar, um, and some of our community members, as well as students from Ole Miss, to talk about what it what it meant to them to see that historical marker shot up, and what what is the right responsibility of the university and our larger community when we see incidents like that. So that'll be on Friday, at 4 p.m. at Nutt Auditorium on the Ole Miss campus, and then finally. Uh, on Saturday, October 19th, we'll be uh, rededicating the historical marker. Members of the Till family are coming down from Chicago. We'll meet at 11 a.m. at the courthouse in Sumner and then caravan to the river site, uh, to the banks of the Tallahatchie River. We'll do a short ceremony, and afterwards we'll have a reception back in Sumner uh, at the Sumner Grill. Is this new marker or repaired marker able to withstand the kind of vandalism that has occurred on these signs and markers? Yeah, so we've done a couple of things to make sure that this type of vandalism doesn't happen. We partnered with a, a group out of New York who, who promised that they could make a, a fully vandalized-proof sign. Um, so it's got a glass plate in front of it uh, that will, will withhold bullets. Um, as well, the sign itself is made from reinforced steel um, that that can withhold uh, bullets as well. And it can't so, be pried up out of the ground, I take it? It can't be pried out of the ground. It, it'll be cemented into the ground. Um, the sign itself weighs 500 pounds, um, so, you know, it's, it's pretty difficult to get it out of the ground as well. Um, and then we've added some security components out by the river site um, so that we can uh, make sure that it's safe and secure. Patrick, tell us about the Emmett Till Interpretive Center. Yeah, so our, our museum works to tell the story of Emmett Till, but also the, the story of our local community and the, the racial healing that's taken place since 1955. Um, we think it's important um, to talk about um, kind of that transformation of, of learning stories um, that we have forgotten 
um, and ways that we can work together to create new stories together. So we work with young people in the summers to do documentary film work, um, doing that exact type of work, uh, remembering our stories together, but also creating new stories uh, on how we can move forward. Um, so we've been in existence since 2015. Our ultimate hope is that these historic sites will become national park sites. Can people access the schedule of what's happening Thursday through Saturday? They can do it uh, two ways. We will have information on our website, emmett-till.org, and on our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com backslash emmett-till center. So we, we hope folks can check us out online if they want to learn more about the events and would love any support that that people can show us. Patrick Weems is the director of the Emmett Till Interpretive Center. Patrick, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Mississippi Edition podcast from MPB News and MPB Think Radio. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And if your app lets you, leave a comment or review. We really do appreciate it. Remember, you can always get in touch with MPB News on Facebook and Twitter, and fresh episodes of the podcast are posted every weekday morning. I'm Karen Brown. Thanks for listening. This is Mississippi Edition from MPB Think Radio.